Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to town. Everyone's uh, unique in their own way, right? Maybe I should be concerned about your articles. Don't worry, I still doubt that you're actually human. Just another day in Water's Edge. Season 4, Episode 9, 11th Hour. It's too early to be getting you an exorcism. It's not my fault Dr. Julius is busy. Just be happy he agreed not to tell our parents. Thank God for patient doctor confidentiality. Although I'm with Mar on this one, would have loved to sleep in a little on one of our days off. After this, we can all go back to sleep knowing that Ezra House is... Ah, children. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming by so early. Of course, Dr. Julius. Thank you for seeing me. Well, us. Absolutely. I will say it's been a very, very long time since I've had to administer the type of procedure you've requested, but it is vital we do this quickly. Please, come in. We can get settled in my office. Would any of you like some tea? It's Earl Grey. Or I have some water bottles in that small fridge there. Tea might be nice. Yeah, same. All right. While I pour, would you mind telling me what happened with all this demon business? Right. Well, um... Where do you want us to start? Hmm. Excellent question. How about with a short explanation of your abilities, Mar? From what I understand, this began with some routine planewalking, correct? Yeah. We were trying to talk to an author. He's been dead a long time, so it was a little difficult for me to try to connect with him. Once I did, though, it was business as usual. I see. Now, please do correct me if I'm wrong, but planewalkers connect to a specific plane, yes? Not all of them? That's right. My plane is the ethereal one, where all the ghosts go. Or, well, maybe not all of them. (laughs) Ah, yes, I suppose I am an exception in that case. So you contact this author, chat for some time, and then what? That's when it gets fuzzy for me. I'm not really part of the conversation in the real world when I walk. I've heard some adults can do that, but it takes a lot of practice to be able to split your mind like that. Of course. Julia and I were both there, though. At the end of talking to the author, his spirit got taken over by a demon named Ezrathaus, which meant that Mar got taken over, too. And we were trapped. 
That sounds like quite a terrifying situation. It was. And it didn't help that Ezra Thouse knocked me out after a few minutes to make a point. Then Jules was on her own. Oh, goodness. And that's when I made the idiotic mistake of making a deal with demons, thinking I was saving all my friends. I should have known he was lying about having to keep up his side of the deal. Now don't go agonizing over your past mistakes, Juliet. In my time dealing with those despicable creatures, I've seen many people with far more life experience and supposed mental fortitude fall to a demon's enticing offer, some for much less than the valiant effort of saving the lives of dear friends. Honestly, if I'd been the only one left standing, I probably would have made a deal too. Same here. It's hard to resist a demon. Near impossible, yes. I don't want to bring up uncomfortable memories for you, Juliet, but I must ask, what did you trade? Depending on what it was, it may be harder or easier to handle expelling this presence. I understand. The deal was that if he talked to the fates and made everything better by fixing another situation, I would let him possess me once for five minutes. I see. Ezra Thouse must be quite desperate. That's not a very beneficial deal on his part. Demons always want to cause as much pain as possible. That's what they feed off of, what allows them to cross planes and, in turn, wreak more havoc to continue this never-ending cycle. I can see how such a deal would cause you pain, Juliet, and by proxy those who care for you, like Ben and Mar here, but I fail to see what Ezra Thouse's bigger plan is. Maybe he's just desperate to have a way back to our plane. If he hasn't been hitting his pain and suffering quotas, it's a way to guarantee he can come back. That's definitely a possibility. His motivation is not integral to our mission of ridding Juliet from his influence, however. With what seems to be a weak connection to you and this plane, I believe I can exercise this demon with a simple procedure. It will take some time to prepare, but while I do, you folks can relax here. Feel free to have more tea or help yourself to the snack drawer. I just got some new granola bars that my patients have been raving about. So... We're going to do this now? Of course. I have my materials upstairs. It shouldn't take long. The sooner we send this creature of darkness back to where he came from, the better. It may have been a little unorthodox, but that's another conviction in the books. The High Council's going to be thrilled, especially getting all their questions answered with one perpetrator. They'll say I got everything they needed, that I did an excellent job at protecting cryptids everywhere. So why doesn't it feel like I did? Nunez got in my head. All her talk of how much she loves her friends and her life here, taking the fall for everything to keep her student from catching any blame. Thank God I'm deleting that part of the tapes from the record. I know the High Council doesn't ask too many questions when it comes to getting a job done, but lying to a subject about the consequences of a misdemeanor is probably best to keep on the down low. Nunez must have been too nervous to realize I was lying through my teeth. The Council didn't do anything to punish that griffin that exposed Kamralok, she knows that. The worst that young girl could have gotten is a slap on the wrist, maybe some community service and a lecture on why we have to keep the secret. But she fell for it, so that's good. Why does it feel so bad? 
I did my job. I did it well. And I saved my people. They'll call me a hero back in Hyun one day. Maybe they'll even let me back in. I shouldn't get my hopes up. Even if Councilwoman Min said she might be able to open a case for me, it would take years. I left knowing that I probably wouldn't be going back, and I was okay with it because I knew it was for the greater good, but now... Now I don't know if that's true. Avra is the human the council wanted me to find. I have no doubts in that. The evidence all adds up. Everything makes sense. Sure, she may not have written those letters, but she's my culprit. I knew it from the first interview with her. That should be the only thing that matters. She knows way too much for a human. And if the situation were different, maybe that wouldn't be that big of a deal. But her presence here means doom for everyone else. It just makes sense to sacrifice one person in order to protect thousands of others. The council's done it before. I've done it before. So why can't I pick up the goddamn phone and do it again? Come in. Miss Esra, you have a visitor. I do? Sybil Abernathy? She says you were supposed to work with her today. She didn't find you at your hotel, so she came here. Should I send her away? Uh, no. I didn't realize she was still coming today. I thought, um, you can send her in. Of course. Miss Abernathy? Investigator Esra is waiting for you. Hi. Sybil. I'm assuming you weren't expecting a regular training session today? Not exactly. Can we talk? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Mm hmm. What you reading there, Doc? Some of my old notes from back when I would conduct these sort of rituals more often. Always good to review notes, especially when it's been such a long time. How long has it been, exactly? I would guess a couple hundred years, give or take a decade. If you need time to review some more, we don't have to do it right now. That won't be necessary. I'm all refreshed and ready to begin when you are. You sure? That seems like a pretty big notebook. An exorcism might need more than a quick skim. Yeah, this is Juliet's soul we're talking about. I understand your concerns for your friend, but I promise you, kids, nothing bad will happen. It doesn't look it now, but I fought off a good number of demons in my day. So many, in fact, that it made me the specter I am today. An exorcism went so wrong it turned you into a ghost? No, no. Quite the opposite. I was so skilled at expelling demons, I was blessed with a spectral form to continue fighting them for as long as I wish. But you're a therapist now. Demons come in many forms. But still, don't you think... Guys, Dr. Julius knows what he's doing. It'll be fine. Right? Right. Okay. Let's do this. Excellent. Now, there are many different types of exorcisms, just as there are many different types of possessions. Your possession is a dormant class, meaning your day-to-day -day functions haven't been impeded by Ezrathaus's presence, at least not directly. I don't mean to discount the toll his deal takes on your mental and emotional health. Just to say he hasn't physically taken control of you yet. 
For a dormant class, we'll go with a cleansing exorcism. What does that mean? Essentially, I'm going to perform a ritual that will purify Juliet's soul, ridding her of any connection to Ezra House. We won't need to summon him up or battle for her body in this situation, just for her heart. Cool. Is that going to hurt? It's may, depending on how deeply Ezra House has been able to root himself in your being, Juliet. But I'm confident you'll be able to handle it. Okay. Now, to start, I'll have you sit here and hold out your hands, palms up, like this. This salve will help facilitate the process. Most of a cleansing is done with words and power of will, but a medicinal salve like this assists in the process and helps keep you grounded. I'll apply some to your hands and a bit to the back of your neck and forehead as well. It smells like lavender and something else. There's some eucalyptus in there as well. Calming, but potent. Now you can rest your hands on mine, palms still up, and close your eyes. I'd like you to picture the night of the incident. Try to conjure an image of it as vivid as possible in your mind. Have you got it? I think so. Tell me what it sounds like. Like Mars' ethereal music and Ezra Thaus's laugh. And what it smells like. Like the candles. They were vanilla scented. It was all Ben had at home. And what it feels like. Cold and terrifying and... Ah, oh, shit, shit. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. That's all right, Ben. I will ask you to silence that. We need to stay focused. Of course, yeah. Let's recenter, Juliet. You mentioned it was cold. What else can you feel? Well, it is cold, but I'm holding Ben's hands, and Mars got his hands on our shoulders, and they're both warm. Good. Yes. Hold on to those anchors. Now let's turn your attention to the elephant in the room. How does Ezra Thaus first appear to you? Well, he was inhabiting Mars' body, so I could only see him as Mar, but I could tell it wasn't them. When Ezra Thaus smiled, it didn't look like Mar. It looked evil, and when he- Sorry, sorry. I didn't think the vibrator would be so loud. Okay, vibrate off, continue. Juliet, are you still in this scene? Yeah. I still see Ezra Thaus controlling Mar. Good, good. Tell me, how do you feel, emotionally, about seeing this demon in your friend's body, seeing him hurt Ben? Bad. Can you give me more than that? Scared, powerless, like I'm trying to keep it together to get us all out of there, but that isn't working, and I'm out of options, and... Uh, children, I know you like your phones, and normally I have no problem with them, but can we please... I'm sorry. That one's mine. I thought I had... Why is Officer Jenkins calling me? You have his number saved? No, but I know the WEPD number. Why? Because my mother is paranoid and made me memorize it in kindergarten. If a stranger says they know mommy, call 237-8950. You had to rhyme? Wait, that's the number that called me. Mar, where's your phone? Here, but 
Why would he called me too? This is concerning. Is it okay if I call back really quick? Yes, that's fine. Hi, Officer Jenkins. It's Juliet Myung. I noticed you called Ben, Mar, and I, and what? Oh God. We're with Dr. Julius, but we can be over there right away. Okay, sounds good. We'll see you there. Bye. I'm sorry, Dr. Julius. The exorcism will have to wait. What's going on? Avra's been arrested. What? Oh no. Avra Nunez? Yeah. Officer Jenkins is afraid Investigator Esther's going to try to wipe her memory without a fair trial. He needs our help to stop her. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You look tired. Did you want some coffee? I'm fine. I think Jenkins also keeps tea in the break room if you'd prefer that. Kendi, tea is not what I'm here for. I know. I'm sorry. I'm nervous. You're nervous. You're reflecting onto me. That's never affected you before. Normally when we chat, I'm not arresting your friend for plotting our collective demise. Kendi, why are you doing this? She's not guilty, and if you think- Sybil, I've already gotten the confession out of her. She's human. She's the one in the book. You had to know. Or did she keep it from you too? Of course I knew. She's my sister. Hold on. You're what? That's... Impossible? We've already been through all this. It's totally possible. She was born human. I was born a cryptid. Lucinda took me away when they thought I came out stillborn so she could raise me instead, and the secret wouldn't get out. It was a whole thing. How is she not a cryptid then? I don't know. But whatever she was before, she shouldn't be anymore. Francie brought her to the lake where he was changed from human to cryptid, and she attempted the same thing. If she's a cryptid, she can't be the one in the book. That's what you were all doing last night? Kind of, but that doesn't matter. What matters is you can't give her over to the High Council. She's innocent. She hasn't shown any cryptid signs yet, and even if she does, that doesn't change the fact that she's prophesied to bring the end times. You know what could happen. What has happened in the past. We can't let our people die again, Sybil. I can't let my sister die. Have you ever considered that she might not be your sister? What? What basis do you have for this belief that you're twins? Well, for starters, we came out of the same womb. And how do you know that? Because Lucinda was there. You think my mother lied to me? Of course not. I trust you, and from what I've heard about your mother, she seems a trustworthy person as well. It's Avra who I'm questioning. If that is even her real name. Of course it's her real name, and I'm the one who found Avra, not the other way around. I knew that she was alive, I found the article she wrote, and I put the pieces together. I got her to come to Bluff so I could tell her. She had no clue I was even alive. How could she be faking? What about Avra told you it was your Avra, besides the name? Well, her birthday is the same as mine, and she was born in the same place. Also, her parents are the ones Lucinda remembers giving birth to the both of us. And have you seen any official document stating any of that? 
a birth certificate, passport, driver's license. Not like those can't be forged, of course, but it would help your argument. I've seen Oliver's license a bunch of times, I, I think. Have you been put in contact with your birth parents to verify their identities? No, but I'm still not ready to meet them. Oliver's kind of offered before. Kind of. Well, they live on the other side of the country, so it's not like it'd be easy to get to them. And yet your group seems to be doing a lot of flying back and forth these days from bluff to here. This is ridiculous. I was still the one to find her. How could she orchestrate all of this and just expect me to find her? Maybe she knew you were looking. Sybil, you're a lovely person. I've learned that in the weeks I've spent working with you on your magic. But you also tend to trust people quickly. Is it possible the information of a twin could have been leaked in the past and gotten back to someone who needed an in to our community? No. So I was right then. Who did you tell? I don't know. I used to talk about it sometimes when I was younger. You know, little kids brag about knowing family secrets until they realize they shouldn't be talking about certain stuff. But that was only with people in Bluff. Information can spread quickly. Kendi, this is absurd. Even if she isn't my sister, even if she somehow concocted all these lies and all of this crazy elaborate ruse just to get into town, something she could have done without all of this, mind you, she's been living in Water's Edge since September. If she really wanted to bring Doomsday, wouldn't she have done something by now? Who's to say she hasn't? Who's to say she hasn't been sowing seeds since she got here? She could have easily orchestrated the whole debacle with that murderous siren, and someone who can conjure up a ruse as elaborate as convincing you she's your sister would definitely be capable of the simple mistake that explodes Comerlock. How do you explain the sea creature situation in Bluff? She can't control when Nessie wakes up, and she helped stop all the destruction. Good timing on her part. What else was she supposed to do? Expose her plan to you all by allowing the sea creature to destroy all of Bluff? Listen to yourself. The things you're suggesting are insane. You have to know that. It might seem convoluted, but that could be part of her whole master plan. Or she's just Avra and the prophecy is wrong. It can't be wrong. If it's wrong, it means I'll never find a culprit. And then the High Council will never be satisfied and will never, ever consider letting me back into Hyunmunde. And that can't happen! Kendi, I know you want to go home. I can't imagine what you're going through, facing the possibility of never going back. But I don't think throwing Avra at the High Council is going to fix it. You said it yourself. They're never going to let anyone back in. But what if I could be the first? I'm steps away from saving our whole world. They should give me anything I ask for if I can pull it off. But erasing Avra's mind won't save anything. You don't know that! You're working with her, aren't you? What? I bet your whole story was a lie. All this talk of sisters finding each other after all this time. You just used me to strengthen your power so you would have a chance to stop me once I figured it out, right? Kendi, I would never- well, do it! You know how to freeze my feet to the floor, how to mimic forms flawlessly, how to incapacitate me a dozen different ways. Why don't you just do it? I don't want to. I want you to see reason, Kendi, not for you to get hurt. This can't be true. Kendi, please. You must be lying. Don't do this, this must isn't be true. right. You're lying. Am I? Look at me. Use your power. Tell me I'm lying. Kendi, wait.
Hi, future Avra. Hope you're still alive enough to understand this. This is past you. Currently sitting in an interrogation room at the Water's Edge Police Department. Talking into an old recorder Officer Jenkins lent you, since yours is in an evidence box somewhere. You probably don't even know who Officer Jenkins is. Or Water's Edge. But that's why I'm here. Jenkins told me I could leave messages to everyone with this. Just in case. That's a tall order, though. So, let me tell you about them first, in the hopes that you'll be able to remember. God, where do I begin? Water's Edge is a town unlike any other, with residents unlike anyone you've ever met. From day one, you had a friend and an excellent boss in Roger. His height and position made you think he would be intimidating and demanding as a supervisor, and he was a little in the beginning, but he turned out to be a gentle soul who loved his plants more than some people love their kids. From the very beginning, he knew your secret, but that never bothered him much. So did Lizzie. Maybe one of her visions told her I was okay, because she never hesitated to trust me with her secrets or her friendship. I almost screwed that all up, like a lot of other things since moving here, honestly. But since then, I've realized that she's one of those incredibly rare people who you can know for a short time, but feel like you've known since birth. Francie's like that, too. Although it definitely took you and him a bit longer to trust each other. Francie's the youngest in our little group, and yet he always seems to be the one to tell us when we're being dumb and need to grow up. You need someone in your life like that, especially if you're like me. Someone honest, who's always ready to go to bat for you when you need it the most. He's done it for me, Lizzie, Caleb, Juliet. God, that girl is so reckless and so determined. Man, when Juliet sets her mind to something, she's gonna do it, and you better not underestimate her or get in her way. And for some reason, she looks up to me. I have younger cousins, but it's never felt like they've looked to me for guidance or inspiration or anything. But Juliet does. If I end up dying from this, her and Sybil are gonna find a way to resurrect me and kill me again for having the audacity. Oh, Sib. It hurts so fucking much knowing that my last conversation with Sybil might be a screaming match. But that's what sisters do, right? They love and care about each other. And even though they fight and make choices the other can't understand, it's all because of that love and the desire to protect each other. We deserved so much more time to get to be sisters. I wish I had more time for everything. To bask in this life and this little town that I made for myself. To get to know people more. Make treasured friends and people like Jenkins, Julius, Evie, Ben and Mari, Hudson and Otto. More time to spend with Shia. I can't believe I wasted so much time before finding Shia. When I first saw them, I thought they were some deity come to life. 
handsome and talented and beautiful and intelligent, like this perfect, untouchable person. But I got to know them, and they me, and we came to realize how similar we both are. And we fell in love. The kind of love that made me realize I never quite knew the meaning that word could carry until loving Shia. Romantic meaning, of course, because you loved all of them. Love all of them. Because if you're listening to this, either the memories have flooded back or they're gone for good, but you've got to feel it somewhere in your chest that you still love these people. Shia, Sybil, Lizzie, Francie, Juliet, Roger, Jenkins, Ben, Mari, Julius, Evie, Hudson, Otto. These names have to mean something to you. If you can still breathe, you must still be able to feel the impact they made on you, the ache in your chest knowing that you'll never be able to see them again. They changed your life in a time where you desperately needed help. They're too important to forget, so please. Please. Remember? Get up. What? I said get up. Ow. What are you doing? I'm not delaying this any further. The High Council gave me principal authority, so that's what I'll exercise. Your mind is being wiped. Now. Wait, but but I need to... Kendi, please. Don't do this. You know this isn't right. Get out of my way. Thanks for listening to Season 4 of Cryptid Cape, 11th Hour. The show is created and produced by me, Victoria Pereira. I also voice Abra. The voice of Mari is Arden Fitzroy. The voice of Juliet is Amy Acevedo. The voice of Ben is Kai Morphine. The voice of Julius is Grant Bowman. The voice of Kendi is Miani Watson. The voice of Margot is Liz Mari. The voice of Sybil is Caroline Byrne. Our story editor is Jennifer Wong. Our cover artist is Christy Dupre. Our Foley artist is Isaac Rodriguez. Our transcriptionist is Rebecca Ryder. Our website designer is Kyle Boyer. Our theme song is Pink Night in Ohio by Ryan Anderson. The other songs featured in this episode were Whole Tone Limbo by God Mode, Because for Everything There Is Someone by Patches, Passing Time by Kevin MacLeod, and Sea of Doom by Doug Maxwell. Be sure to subscribe to Cryptid Cape so you don't miss our next episode. We publish every two weeks. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at Cryptid Cape on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for some fun bonus content. And check out our coffee page at ko-fi.com slash cryptidcape to donate to the show and get your own Cryptid Cape sticker. Share this episode with friends or leave a review if you enjoyed it. It means the world. See you next time.